Sometimes I like to imagine the world after us, the strange mammals that will emerge, the abundance of biodiverse plant life taking over our fields and factories and so on. I don't think this world will be better. I maintain that we are the most interesting thing to happen on Earth, and there is real beauty and meaning in our curiosity and compassion, even as we also cause and witness so much suffering. But at any rate, there will be a world after us, after each of us. And that's why there's life insurance. It exists to provide a financial safety net to those who love and count on you. Policy Genius's technology makes it easy to compare life insurance quotes from America's top insurers in just a few clicks to find your lowest price. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for $1 million of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. So save time and money and provide your family with a financial safety net using Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Policy Genius. Because there will be a world without us. to Dear Hank and John. Or as I prefer to think of it, Dear John and Hank. It's a podcast where two brothers answer your questions, give you devious advice, and bring you all the week's news from both Mars and AFC Wimbledon. John, you know it's a pity that they didn't cast Ryan Reynolds as Jay Gatsby because he's already been the Green Lantern and Deadpool. <laughs> Did you write that? No, I, I found it. Oh man! I mean, Sorry. if you'd written that, I would have. My whole opinion was... of this this bit would have changed dramatically. I would have been like, <laughs> "We need to continue this bit for a decade, just in the hopes that you I, write another every, joke." Every like one that. that makes me cringe is worth that one. Yeah, like the like the Euripides joke, which you also didn't write. <laughs> It's a very select pe- group of people who enjoyed that joke. It took it. It also like took me a second because I only slept about two hours last night. Yeah, um, and I slept in like a like a weird random airport hotel. It, so even those those two hours weren't weren't the highest quality sleep. But I did have a great weekend, which did include getting to see Wrexham, the team that Ryan Reynolds and Rob McElhaney. Uh, help run and they were in the FA Cup in the fourth round. Oh wow. And they play in the fifth tier of English football. So they're down wow. outside of the uh outside of the football league. And they were two minutes away from the biggest win Oof. in that football club's history. And then they gave up a tying goal, but still like a tie against the team in the three divisions above them, 70 teams above them in the uh, football pyramid is pretty special. So it was it was a great experience. If I sound a little tired, it's because I am a little tired because I just got home from that. But it was really fun. And I, I can, of course, report that Ryan Reynolds is, is just as lovely as you would expect from his appearance on this podcast, which is the thing that he's best known for. <laughs> Oh God, he was—he's both the Green Lantern and Deadpool. I mean, it's a good—I'll uh, tell you—it's it, a little bit of a spoiler, but I feel like if you haven't read Gatsby, that's on you. Unless you're like eight years old, in which case, like it's probably not that much of a spoiler. Yeah, you're probably gonna forget about that. Yeah, I don't think either of those things are the most important parts of the book, anyway. Yeah, I mean, Gatsby turned out all right in the end. It was what preyed on Gatsby, what foul dust trailed in the wake of his dreams that temporarily. Ob- boarded my interest in the abortive sorrows and short-winded elations of men. I didn't quite get it right, but I, I was I was in the neighborhood. <laughs> it's like that. If I'd gotten three hours of sleep, I would have crushed it. Oh, I love man. that line. I just, there's something about Gatsby. I think about this a lot because in the best novels, there's, a, we call it voice. You know, we say like, oh, it's a very voicey book. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, from... There's a huge variety of voicey books, right? You've got like Zora Neale Hurston's Their Eyes Were Watching God. You've got The Catcher in the Rye, 
To Kill a Mockingbird is a voicey book. Jacqueline Woodson's Brown Girl Dreaming is a voicey book. Um, we call it voice, but like I think what we actually mean is that there is a there's a meter to the prose. Of course, not like like a not like a poetic meter exactly, but there's like a there's a sort of rhythm to it. Mm-hmm. And you can hear it in yeah. so many lines of Gatsby. Like the first line is um in my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me some advice that I've been yada, 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 yada. Uh-huh. And then you hear it again and like Gatsby turned out all right in the end. It was what preyed on Gatsby, what foul dust trailed in the wake of his dreams. I just, that is what I love. Like when I feel like I'm being carried forward through the the words themselves, that's magic to me, man. I hear you. Um, and while while you've been telling me the magic, I've been trying to find the source of this joke, which stretches back at least to 2015, but I cannot mm. find the original source. It, it it seems to have been a Tumblr post because, of course, Tumblr is, among other things, gotta be the funniest of the social medias. It just you know who, is funnier. You know who's back on Tumblr? The Awesome Coffee Club? Me, as the Awesome Coffee Club, Hank. I don't think, I think it's not you. I think it's just a coffee, I think it's just a coffee brand No, the, uh, that now uh, has decaf. No, the me is starting to uh, bleed through, through, to be honest with you. It's true, at awesomecoffeeclub.com, you can now get decaf in addition to our incredible light and dark roast. So go to awesomecoffeeclub.com to get your coffee, but the me is starting to bleed through. Can I tell you? I love being back on Tumblr, which is that's very weird. A sentence so far away, yeah, yeah, from anything I ever thought I would say. But it's uh, it's, <laughs> when I, it's really when I fun. told you that I, that, or when you found out, because I yeah. didn't actually tell you because I yeah. was ashamed. When you yeah. found out, you were like, "Are you kidding me?" But now look at you, Tumblr boy, John Green. I know, I know. I just, just got an ask that said, "Jesus Christ, we can't have anything without celebrities wanting it for themselves." Go away. <laughs> <laughs> You know how I replied? Can I tell you how I replied? No, you, did you I, reply? Uh, oh, I replied. Okay, oh, no. I I am I respond to the haters now. That's the new thing. That's the new. That's the new me. Can I tell you how I replied? I'm very proud of it. Okay, it's not like Deadpool Gatsby level, but I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty. It's close to a dad joke. It's almost a pun. Okay, hit me. I replied. I haven't published a novel in six years. I'm best known for making educational video. Calling me a celebrity is an insult to both celebration and identity. Oh, is that what the is that what the celebrity stands for? I think so. I didn't know that. Well, I mean, it's just a guess, but <laughs> celebrated identities. I literally, I just googled John Green Tumblr. I can't find your Tumblr. It's like not, it's not, Perfect. not discoverable. <laughs> Thank yes. God. I hope it, I, I hope it. I've, I found, I found your Tumblr. It has the 35th episode of Dear Hank and John on it. Cause that's the last thing you posted on your old Tumblr. <laughs> oh, that was a classic. The 35th episode of Dear Hank and John it was the first time we found out about Ryan's. That's could be. That was before, that was before Leon Musk for Earth. That was those the early days. Oh, man. All right, Hank, let's get to some questions from our listeners. Yes, please. Beginning with this one from Leah, who writes, Dear John and Hank, humans live in space where air is all around us. Simultaneously, fish live in water. Humans cannot see that air is moving. We can feel it, but we don't know what air looks like. However, we can see water. Are fish not able to see water like we do because it's their air? Can they instead see air if they were to leave the water? This question is haunting me. Fishing for answers, Leah. This is this is high quality late night wonderings. Yeah, yeah. Deboki and I just had a fifteen minute conversation about this question. Um, so we we could. There's a number of oh, different ways I, we b- could go. Before you go on, I just want to point out that we just had like a 45-minute fight about the fact that you don't have 30 minutes to do a meeting this week. But it turns out that you were just talking for 15 I minutes was... to Deboki about whether or not fish see water. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I wouldn't and I don't take it back. I want to live the about, life I want to live. Our fight about whether you could do this meeting was actually longer than the meeting would have been. That's tr- that's probably true. But the, but right. we couldn't have had the if we could have had the meeting then that would have been great. But instead uh, we have this scheduled. That's right. So we were doing it. That's right. You know the people who are going to be in this meeting better listen to the podcast anyway. So heads up is going to be next week. 
John, question. Can yeah. we see water? Oh, good question. Or do we, I mean, can we see anything, Hanker? Is everything just like reflected <laughs> light? I don't know. Like, yeah, we can see water. I We can, can we though? We can see the interface between water and air. And I think that mm-hmm. that's what fish see as, the, the fish would say, I see air. It's always there splashing around on the surface or bubbling up from my butt. Oh, you know? so it's the it's only the interface between the things that we see when you have your when you got like no. the, the scuba mask on yeah. and you're down there. Yeah. You don't see the water. You see things in the water. You see oh. bubbles in the water. You see stuff in the water. Mm. You see things moving around in the water. But mm. we see that all that stuff with air. There's feathers and dust in the air. The trees and the grasses are blowing around. And there's an interface between the water and air that we can perceive. But. When you look a long way through a lot of water, it gets blue. And when you look a long way through a lot of air, it, it gets, gets blue. blue. Okay. I'll I'll buy that sort of. That and I I'll tell you what I love about it. I love the idea that all we can really see is the place where things are becoming other things or like the place where, the things, where, things, where things are interacting meet. with each other. Yeah. Like we can't really see land or water. We can only see the places where land and water are interacting with each other. Mm-hmm. That's that's lovely. Mm-hmm. Metaphorically. That said, I have been underwater, <laughs> so you're going to have a hard time <laughs> totally convincing me of your premise because Wait, I've what actually- do you see? When I go underwater? Yeah. Your proposal is that when I go underwater, like if I'm in a pool that's totally yeah. empty uh-huh. and I go underwater and uh-huh. I open my eyes- If you got a scuba mask on, if, you, if your got, eyes are designed for if water. I've got a, if I've got a scuba mask on yeah. and I go underwater, I am aware- Regardless of my my breathing and the other external factors, like my eyes know that it's underwater. Period. Period. <laughs> like they definitely <laughs> do. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to tell you this. Maybe your <laughs> eyes don't, which is really weird and like a little distressing. But yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know you're underwater. There's exactly. Clues. It's more blue water. than air. That's but no. My point is that you're seeing water. But I'm seeing air. You just can't see it unless it's a lot. When can you see a lot of air? When you look Give up. Give me a single example. Every time of, you look up in the daytime, look up, you can see a lot of air. No, is that what you're seeing? What else is there? <sighs> ozone? Which is? A, it's not a, ozone, a, a but noun? even if it were. A noun? It's, it's part of the air. Ah. Uh. Deboki right. and I, so Deboki's okay. case was, well, and, I and can neither clouds. say nor. <laughs> so, <laughs> you see clouds, which are made of air, kind of. No, they're made of water. Those well, are like clouds heavy, are made of liquid water. They're heavy air. They're watery they're, air. They're, they're liter- they're, clouds are liquid water. I, little I under- droplets of liquid water. I understand that, but they're in the air and I can see them. Agreed. Yes. But so I, think it's, it. I think the thing you need to, to, to well, the, the real fight here. Which was which was not settled in my conversation earlier with Deboki yeah. is 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 whether sky is just seeing the air. I don't see what else it is I'm seeing. There's nothing else there. Well, there's clouds, which apparently no, I'm talking according about the to sky. you are not. I'm not talking. I'm not talking about clouds. I'm talking about just the blue blue sky. Well, Hank, um, I, I promise you that if I go outside right now and I look at what I consider to be the sky. Here yeah. in Indianapolis, you'll see a bunch of water. In early February, <laughs> I, I'm going to see clouds, and that yeah. I, I would consider those clouds to be the sky. Indeed, I'm sure that it's the sky because the mm. sky in February in Indianapolis is so close to the ground that you can reach out and touch it. Are a cl- are the clouds the sky? They're in the sky. No, not a are- cloud in the sky is what you would say. <sighs> or you would say. It's cloudy skies <laughs> because, <laughs> because like you're, you're imagining you're, you're wrongly imagining a one to one map between language and reality. Like let, let's let's imagine let's imagine if you will a you go underwater. Okay, this is this is how we're gonna get to the bottom of it. Uh-huh. You go under you go underwater and you see an air cloud. Okay, which is basically the exact like it's the exact inverse, right? Like you look air up clouds, and you see like a the, water okay. cloud. You, you go down and you see an air cloud. Uh-huh. Your argument to me 
is that <laughs> you can only see the places where the water and the air cloud are meeting. You can't see the air cloud. No, 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 no. Yes. I, well, I, then I don't. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't understand this. <laughs> Uh, Do, Hank, what does a fish see <laughs> when it's out of water? That was the question. I think that fish like us, like, I, I, I don't know. A, this is a scientific question. I, I know you, but, but there's been research on this subject, surely. Like, I, surely think, I think that a fish ha- will have the same difficulty seeing out of water that we would have seeing in water without a mask on because the eyes are made for that kind of interface and they're not getting it. So that it's just, it looks blurry. But it doesn't. It's gonna. It's not gonna look like uh, more stuff. Oh. It's not gonna look what more stuffy. If we made air goggles for fish, they need water goggles. No man. Yeah. They no need goggles. To be- well, no water goggles are what we wear, Hank, to take <laughs> the air <laughs> under the water. That's a are water we, goggle. Are they, okay, the water. Nobody goggles ever says. Nobody ever says like, oh, I gotta put on my air goggles <laughs> so that I can go under go the water. water. So, so I don't know. Fish they, they, that's what they fish do. Fish need air goggles. They need tiny little goggles that you put on a dying bass, so that at least, like, yeah. as it as it as it slowly so they suffocates, can see it what can, you're doing. To them. They can see the sky. Look into my eyes. It will say to you, "Watch this happen." Uh, so, so the goggles then would have to be full of water, though, to work yeah. that way. I assume that would work. And yeah. I, and I and when I say I, I assume. All of this is being said with a kind of supreme confidence that can only be mustered during a podcast. Yeah, right. It's all part of providing incorrect answers and dubious advice, which is our whole thing. And I would like someone to tell me, mm-hmm. before we move to the next question, whether when I look at the sky, mm-hmm. a blue cloudless sky, yeah. what I'm seeing, if not the color of air, and then we're going to move on. I think you're definitely seeing the color of air. I agree with you. This, but, this is going to be great. But you can't see inside where you are right now. I can right. picture your shed. <laughs> you can't see air. No. Like I'm in my basement right now and I don't, I don't see air. I see a television. Mm-hmm. I see a microphone. But I don't see anything between yeah. me but and I the microphone. I think that it's wrong to say that air is invisible because if you look through enough of it, it has a color. Like, even if you're looking at, like, a distant mountain, it's a little bluish white. That's true. And That's that, the true. only thing in between me and that mountain is air. And so the air has to be the thing that is that color. It has a color. I agree with you. I don't know that that means that you can see it. Well, that's definitely wrong. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. Like, How, What do you mean? If you have something that has a color, you're seeing it. You can't. If it has no, okay. what, what else am I doing to it? <laughs> let me give you, let, imagine if you will, that you're wearing rose tinted glasses as the metaphor uh-huh. for excessive optimism would have it. Right. And they're going to be heart shaped. Yes. Uh, you're wearing heart shaped rose tinted glasses. Mm-hmm. When you look through those rose tinted glasses, am I at doing a, a photo shoot? Like definitely, it's like absolutely, hundred <laughs> percent. It's like yeah. on a step and repeat, like at a red carpet or like <sighs> no, I with think a that, studio photographer. I think you're doing promo for some like dumb thing that you didn't want to do that you kind of got sucked into. <laughs> okay, you know that sounds right. Like you're doing promo for like Metamucil. <laughs> okay. Oh, I would totally want to do that. Yeah. And they're like, but, we but then they're really like, you have like to a, do this. We need like, like a glamour a photo video. shoot. Because, you know, right. when you do one of those photo shoots, and I realize this is a first world <laughs> problem, but when you do one of those photo shoots, like at the very end, they're always like, hey, can you do something really stupid? And and you're just kind of broken down. So you uh-huh. do the stupid thing. And, and that's, then that's the one always, they use. So you're at the end of the photo shoot mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, uh, can can you hold up this? canister of metamucil while also wearing rose tinted heart shaped glasses and you say sure your argument is that when you look through those rose tinted glasses at Uh the camera person who is photographing you interesting that your argument is that you are seeing not the person 
but the tint. <laughs> so there's no and world. And I disagree with you. There's no, you're definitely seeing both of those things. Now, this is the problem. You're not seeing both of those things. You're seeing the an, person tinted pink. Clever, eloquent, smart, quick brother. No one would have been able to think of that that quick. That's not normal. And that's difficult to deal with. You're just too quick and smart. Thank you. But uh, you're trying to make I up for our I'm argument earlier and it's working. It's working. <laughs> I think I'm seeing both of them. This yeah. is how you do it, everybody. You got to throw in random compliments after a fight. You think you're seeing I, both of them. You think you're seeing, you think you're, you think so you're right. seeing the color pink as a concept in addition to seeing the photographer. <laughs> Like, you think you're seeing the, like, well, idea I... of pinkness in addition okay. to seeing the photographer. Extend it out. Imagine yeah. that the earth is flat and <laughs> yes. an infinite plane. Well, and first now off, you can't first, even off, see... first off, it is. <laughs> now you can't even see the mountain anymore. So there's a mountain over there, but it's okay. so far away you can't see it. All you can see is the, is the gray, white, blue of air. Now you are seeing air. Hold on a second. Did you just <laughs> did you just say imagine the earth is an infinitely long plane and there is yeah. no mountain? No, no, there's a mountain out there, but it's so far away you can't see it. Isn't that the exact same thing as looking at a cloudless sky? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it's like you've created this like, so now- <laughs> very complicated hypothetical <laughs> that could just be looking up. <laughs> We're just, we're right back there. We're right back to blue skies. So like, and, so like imagine, so like you look it up, it's like a moon. The moon's out and it's daytime. You're looking at the uh, moon. Yes. You're not looking at the sky and you don't see the sky, according to John. It's blue, but you don't see it. Look just to the right of the moon. Now you are looking at the sky and air is blue. Uh, I mean, that's a great counter argument. It's really, it's gonna, this is a difficult one for me, but I think I've got it. So... <laughs> When you look at the moon in daytime, uh-huh. you're uh-huh. seeing the moon. Correct. That's what I'm you're seeing. S- you're seeing the moon tinted by air in precisely the same way that you are As seeing li- yeah. through the rose-tinted glasses. Your uh-huh. argument is that the rose tint itself is the thing that you are seeing. I and think you're my seeing argument both of the- is that you can only see the thing. So I actually think, that, so, so to get to my point, Hank, I mm-hmm. think when you look up at a cloudless sky, you are seeing nothing. I'm definitely seeing the sky. Catherine recently said to me, you're seeing you a guys concept. need to answer more questions during your podcast. So John, here's a yeah. challenge for us. Can Great. we answer 10 questions before the ad break in 10 minutes? We do ads? <laughs> Five questions. This question comes from Sophie, who writes, Dear John and Hank, how do you figure out what to write about? I just kind of flip a coin, Sophie. <laughs> I, just, I try and think about what's the most interesting thing I have heard about recently and whether I could put that in the story. And then I am usually like, nope, but sometimes. Yeah, when I'm writing a novel, I have no idea what I'm thinking about, except that I'm usually thinking about like, should I be writing about something else? <laughs> like, is this the right thing? Am I am I leading all of these characters into a cul-de-sac from which we will never emerge? Yeah. Put That's a, mostly put a, what I'm Shove thinking. them in a corner. Yeah. yeah like, I'm, how do I'm I give a... these people something to do while yeah. making my point? <laughs> That's, that's what I'm thinking about. <laughs> you aren't like that at all, really. You you don't love love the high concept, uh, a full full on theme. You love a theme, but it's not. It's never that. It's, no, you're it's not, not the like the person who writes. I'm not. That. I'm not like George Orwell. Like, uh, yeah, this is not really a novel about pigs. It's really yeah. a novel about communism. Yeah, I'm not yeah. into that jazz. Uh, mostly that's right great, now, though. Sophie. I write about tuberculosis because that's what he's working on. Because, Hank, can I tell you something real quick? And I know we're trying to answer 10 questions in five minutes. Okay, go, go, go. What do you think killed more people in 2022? Tuberculosis or war, homicide, malaria, meningitis, and cholera combined? Well, I wouldn't have said tuberculosis, but now I would because otherwise that's not an interesting question. (laughs) But I, 
Uh, that's astounding and seems like the kind of thing that uh, somebody should make a four hour YouTube video about. <laughs> yeah. All right, John, this next question comes from Gwen, who asks, Dear Hank and John, is there ever a shoal of fish not being targeted by one predator or another? <laughs> Does a shoal question. of fish ever get to just vibe out there? Or are they always being harassed by something? Are their entire lives just pure terror? Gwen. You know, Gwen, I wasn't even aware of the phrase shoal of fish before this question. Yeah. So I'm probably not the one to ask. But it Great does answer. seem like probably a lot of life as a fish uh, is some form of pure terror. I think it's pretty bold of the question asker to assume that there's a form of life that isn't primarily pure terror. I Maybe mean, like I don't know why. I've been, I've been bald eagle. I, I've been having so many stress dreams lately. It's like I'm a shoal of fish. Last night I had a dream that my colleague Nikki um, rescued my dog. And then she brought it to my house and she was like, hey, I got your dog. And I was like, oh, my God, thank you so much. But I don't I don't have a dog. (laughs) (laughs) And she was like, yes, you do. And I was like, I really I'm almost positive I don't. And she was like, well, (laughs) it's yours now. I was like, great. I have a busy week. (laughs) I had a dream that our Hollywood agent tried to hire me to do a contract killing. And it was pretty stressful. <laughs> You've got to tell. That- you got to tell Cassie about that. She'd love that. She, she'd love Cassie. that. And then, and then she'd probably like. It wasn't Cassie. It was. Oh, it was the, oh other. the other guy. Yeah. Actually, that seems plausible. <laughs> this like- next question. Go, we gotta go. Comes from Anya, who asks, "Dear Hank and John, what's your favorite part of the movie Gontarov? Any favorite quotes?" Oh, uh, sure. Uh, from Anya. Um, the part where. Uh, uh, where Big Jairs walks up to Hannibal and says, yeah. you've only got one more f- fat... Nope. You've... Sir, that one mm-hmm. was mm-hmm. a big one. Mm. That's a good quote. My favorite quote is when Martin Scorsese was asked about this whole thing by his son, and he said, indeed, I did make that movie. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this question comes from Cora, who's six years old, keeping on with the marine theme. Oh. Dear John and Hank, do sea creatures have boogers? Oh, a very interesting question, Cora. Uh, they certainly have mucus. Yeah. Um, boogers are kind of like dried mucus, and that's tricky mm-hmm. under the ocean where there's a lot of... Unless you're in an air cloud. <laughs> uh, but I think that you could definitely have mucus that sort of collects enough for it to seem like a booger. There are some uh, little, so there's a bunch of animals that use use mucus in a bunch of different ways in the ocean. Uh, but there's a thing called a larvation, which are little marine invertebrates. They're almost like, they, they look like a jellyfish basically. And they uh, they sort of like build, like cover themselves in mucus. And then mm. vampire squids will, will sort of collect them up and like make them into little mucus balls that they then eat. So they're like little mucus meatballs. Uh, that they chomp down on. So they're sort and of, bo- they're that sort of like seems like wet, a booger. They're wet yeah. boogers. Wet yeah, booger like wet meatballs. booger food. Yeah. But Cora, just because some animals do that doesn't mean that you should. <laughs> this next question comes from Kristen, who writes, "Dear John and Hank, how long would it take to walk around the moon?" Merry Christmas, Kristen. I could answer this question scientifically, and then Hank can give you a dumb answer. The scientific answer is <laughs> forever, because you would definitely die before it happened. So it would be eternity. So, but also NASA has actually tried to figure out how fast uh, folks could walk in a more refined spacesuit than the ones that the Apollo astronauts had, mm. which their top speed was like 1.4 miles per hour, which is pretty, pretty slow. Yeah. Uh, but if you had a better one, they tested people out with sort of moon-like situations and they showed that people could walk about normal walking speed. Uh, oh. so, so three miles per hour, which is a little slower than like a, the maximum walking speed on earth. And at that speed, it would take 91 days to walk the circumference of the moon. If you walked nonstop and didn't, it just go, went forever, which you of course wouldn't do. And also assuming you didn't have to walk around anything. So if you just, just did the equator, but you're going to have to go around the craters and stuff. And also you're going to have to stop to sleep and go to the bathroom and eat and stuff. So probably more than a year. More than an Earth year. 
I don't think I knew the moon was that big. Yeah, it's big. I mean, it's not it's not that big, but it's big. Yeah, it's big. Well, according to you, I've I've only ever seen it through seeing something else. I've never I mean, been able tricky. to directly I've never been able to directly observe the moon. Well, this thing is like people might say in the in the nighttime when there's no light in the sky, you can't see air. And so it, air is air in that case is <gasps> air visible? But John, when there's no light, you can't see anything. There is light, Hank, and I know there's so light. Everything's invisible when you can't see light. No, there is light, and I know there's light because I look up and I see the stars. And now I know for a fact you just undermined your own argument in the most no, dramatic way. It's like it's like a light. moment. It's like a moment from Law and Order SVU where all of a sudden the defendant is in big trouble. We're not allowed because... to talk about it, John. We don't have time for this. You got to ask another question. Uh, my point stands. You just confessed. This next question That's what comes happened. from Jess, who asks, "Dear Hank, uh, but not John." Why do people insist on calling me Jess when I introduce myself as Jessica to them? I go by Jess, but basically everyone I talk to when I meet them, they always without fail abbreviate my name when I did not give them permission. You get to call me Jess. Jess. (laughs) Okay, great. Cool. Why do people do this? Um, Catherine is Catherine, and occasionally a person will call her Kathy, which Mm. is not the same name. Oh, yeah. I call Catherine Kit Kat, and she's fine with it. <laughs> what? I don't. I would never. I would never call Catherine anything but Catherine. I would. I'm. I'm afraid to have even made that joke. To be honest with you. <laughs> yeah, it is weird. Like sometimes people, like sometimes people will call me Johnny, and I will. I will flat out correct. Whoa. I will correct uh-huh. them because yeah, yeah. it's just that's a that's a red line for me. There are. Jo- awesome Johnnies in the world. I'm just not one of them. Um, and so I think that's I saw, what you should do, Jess or Jessica. I think if somebody calls you Jess when you want to be called Jessica, you should say, uh-uh. No, no. it's Jessica. Yeah, it's Jessica. I saw a post on Reddit uh, today that was a person's, all of their name tags uh, since as they've worked at McDonald's and they moved up to being a licensee where they like actually run a, run some McDonald's restaurants. And the, the great thing was that her name was Jenny and as she got up the line, uh, she changed it, and her name tag, tag said Jennifer. And then when she became the licensee and could and was like running McDonald's stores, she changed it back to Jenny. Hmm. She was like, "I don't need to. I don't need to look official anymore. I am official. You can call me Jenny." Yeah, it's a power move. And also, people. But in general, you should get called what you want people to call you. Yes, that's you. That's yours. That's yours. You're in control of that. Yeah, you should be able to decide. Your appellation, appen, appa. Yeah, appellation, like the mountain. <laughs> so, the next question comes from Rachel, who writes, "Dear John and Hank, I just learned the cursed information that your bones may be weird colors. If in the past you have taken medications like Accutane, what color would you choose for your bones to be?" <laughs> First, okay, I got to do a little fact check. It's not Accutane. Uh, mm-hmm. There are some antibiotics. Oh yeah, uh, that that can turn your bones black and mm. uh, some of those antibiotics are prescribed for uh, acne, but I don't, I don't think that it's Accutane itself. It's a, it's a different thing, but it's an acne medication. Um, and the answer to that question, rose tinted, of course. <laughs> um, I got to look up which antibiotic it is because they were all invented for TB. It's tetracyclines. Tetracyclines. Which was used to treat tuberculosis. I mean, yeah, it's a bacteria. I would like my bones to be glow in the dark. Ooh, you know? clever. Like, I'd like them to look a little bit like yellow, little neon, little fluorescent. Yeah, well, they are, they are, they do glow under black light, just so you know. I know, but I want them to be like that full bright yellow, put the stars up on yeah. your ceiling in 1987. Right. Glow like, in all the, the dark. lights turn off and you're still glowing. Exactly. And ideally, all the lights turn off and I'm glowing through my skin. This reminds me of of my uh, one of our sponsors this week, which oh. is Glowbones. Oh, Glowbones yeah. is a special potion that I've invented. You can get it as a subscription service or tack it on to your Awesome Socks Club subscription. And it uh, it does only one thing for you, which is when you become a skeleton, you will glow in the dark. And that will be awesome. 
It also tastes like Mountain Dew. (laughs) Today's podcast is also, of course, brought to you by Belladonna. Belladonna, a poison that women were told in fashion magazines to apply to their eyelids so they would have that wide-eyed, sunken-eyed, consumptive look. God, I can't wait for this video. This podcast is also brought to you by uh, the dumb thing I didn't want to do but got sucked into. Uh, it was, I, I thought it would be really cool, but then they then they made it weird, and I had to do a stupid photo shoot wearing rose-tinted glasses with Metamucil. And, of course, today's podcast is brought to you by the six paragraphs of Charles Dickens' Nicholas Nickleby, where he describes a dread disease without ever naming it because he didn't have to name it because 30% of people died of tuberculosis. Uh, we also have a Project for Awesome message. It's from Karina from Maryland to Nerdfighteria as a throwback to early Dear Hank and John, like episode 35 currently on my Tumblr. Please <laughs> read this rather dark Rilke poem. Rilke? I've never known. It's always, it's, I don't even think Rilke knew. It's like Gillingham and Gillingham. Nobody uh-huh. knows for sure. Yeah. DFTBA friends. I'm slipping, I'm slipping away like sand slipping through fingers. All my cells are open and all so thirsty. I ache and swell in a hundred places, but mostly in the middle of my heart. I want to die. Leave me alone. I feel I am almost there where the great terror can dismember me. That poem was either about a shoal of fish or about tuberculosis, but I can't tell which one. I I almost don't want to tell you. <laughs> it's a fish, right? So listen, your toilet is massively gross, like it's grosser than you think. In fact, bacteria and viruses can hang around in the toilet bowl even after multiple flushes. And I recently found the easiest way to clean my toilet, Blue Land's Sustainable Toilet Cleaner Tablets. Just drop, watch it fizz, brush, and flush. It is truly that simple. No more scrubbing for hours. Plus, the tablets are plastic-free. Blue Land is on a mission to eliminate single-use plastic by reinventing cleaning essentials to be better for you and for the planet with the same powerful clean that you're used to. Blue Land products are effective and affordable, and their toilet tablets are proven to work on a wide range of toilet stains, including rust, mineral deposits, lime scale, and hard water. And you can even get more savings by buying refills in bulk or setting up a subscription. Blue Land has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, you can get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash dearhank. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash dearhank for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash dearhank to get 15% off. This episode of Dear Hank and John is brought to you by ZocDoc. Look, there are, I think it's fair to say, some imperfections in the American healthcare system, but there are ways that it actually has recently gotten easier. I don't compromise on a lot of things, but I do not love feeling like I can't find the right doctor for me. And I've gotten very lucky that I have found some good doctors for me. When it comes to your health, there shouldn't be compromise. Don't go back to that one doctor who uses your appointment to catch up on the latest headlines slash their family group chat slash their crossword puzzles just because they're available right now or they happen to take your insurance. Instead, like you don't have to keep going back to a doctor who you don't like. You can check out ZocDoc, a place where you can find and book doctors who make you feel comfortable, who listen to you, who prioritize your health. And you can search by location, availability, and insurance type. So literally, no compromises. Because with ZocDoc, you've got more options than you think. ZocDoc is a free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and instantly book appointments with them online. Once you find the doc you want, you can book them immediately. No more phone calls and waiting on hold with a receptionist. We don't have time for this anymore. And these doctors all have verified reviews from actual, real patients. Booking appointments with tens of thousands of top-rated, patient-reviewed, credible doctors and specialists. The typical wait time to see a doctor booked on ZocDoc is between 24 and 72 hours. That's it. You can even sometimes score same-day appointments. Go to ZocDoc.com slash DearHank and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then you can book a top-rated doctor today. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash DearHank. ZocDoc.com. 
slash DearHank. Every time I know it's coming and I'm like, I'm going to have to say doc, ZocDoc.com right now, aren't I? And then I do. I'm getting good at it, everybody. ZocDoc.com. This next question comes from James, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I, am I moving through time or is time moving through, through me, Mario's mm. and Luigi's, James? Mm. Oh, James, geez. time doesn't exist and we don't know what it is or how it works. So it could really be either way or both or neither. Time might just be the way that we think of everything getting further away from everything else. I, yeah. Uh... I, so, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like, it feels like it exists. So I'm going to, I'm going to be like, yeah, that seems like a thing. Yeah. I, does it feel like it exists? I'm not totally convinced that it always does. Well, I feel like. I know things have happened and will happen. And that mm-hmm. feels like time existing. Right. But it's the old Stephen Hawking question. Why? Like, it's a thought experiment. Why can we see into the past and not into the future. And like increasingly the answer is for a long time, we couldn't see into the past with any kind Mm -hmm. of level of Mm -hmm. clarity. And increasingly we can see into the future, right? Like we know whether it's going to snow in Indianapolis tomorrow with reasonable certainty. Which is why, like, I think you can see air. So so anyway, as I was saying, <laughs> despite the fact that when you look up at quote unquote air <laughs> in the night sky, you see yeah. nothing except for the stars that are definitely past the air. Yeah, I think some things uh-huh. uh, need uh, more light for you to be able to see them, like air. Oh, so your argument. Okay, I, so just to be clear, your argument is that air is visible if and only if a lot of light is shown on it. I think everything inv- is invisible if no light is shown on it. Sure, I agree. But like when and I so- look up at the moon at night, I can see the moon and I can also see trees and the grass and my body and shadows. Uh-huh. Yeah, that stuff's, of which more, are that stuff's more visible. What I can't see visible is not binary. is the air. Oh, yeah. Oh, now we're going to now now you're going to say you're creating a false construction. Visible no, it's not isn't a, a real thing. It's not a construction. OK. Visible's real. Yeah. I just I'm just saying that it's not on or off. Right. I agree with that. There are some things that are more visible than other things. I know. And one of the things that is less visible than things that are visible is the sky. <laughs> <laughs> This next question comes from Ben, who asks, Dear Hank and John, I bought a teddy bear for a friend's birthday, but as the teddy bear has been sitting in my room waiting for the big day, I have grown attached to it. Is it unethical to keep a gift even if the only person who knows about the gift is myself? Can I keep this teddy bear and buy a new one for her birthday, pumpkins and penguins? Ben, of course. That's your teddy bear now. You love it. Yeah. You can keep that teddy bear as long as you haven't promised it to someone else, right? Like, as long as you haven't said, like, I got you this yeah. teddy bear for your birthday. You can go out and get a different teddy bear or a different present altogether. Yeah, yeah. Or, like, who gives people presents anymore? Just say, happy birthday. Here's a text. Yeah, just a text. And, like, maybe Venmo them 10 bucks. Be like, yeah, hey, go or, out and get a teddy t- bear. Take a picture of the teddy bear that's on your bed and be like, I, this is, I love this teddy bear. It always makes me think of you. <laughs> I don't know why. Can't say. <laughs> I mean, I can't. I, it's hard to imagine a creepier birthday text than <laughs> photograph of a random teddy bear. I love this teddy bear. It makes me think of you. Happy birthday. Like, what? <laughs> I think it's, it depends on the relationship. Maybe. I mean, I, what? explain to me what the relationship is where that's not at all weird. I'm about to I'm about to text somebody uh this picture of a teddy bear. We'll see Who if they is think the it's person? weird. Can, if the person is one of if I guess the person in the first three guesses and we're gonna bleep out the names, okay. then you then it doesn't count because I I think I know who it is. Okay. So my first guess is really obscure. Mm-hmm. Is the person obscure? No, it's me. That's not. No, you can't. That doesn't count, man. That doesn't count. 
first off, it's not even a teddy bear. He texted me of like a picture of a cat uh, that's like right by his computer, like right by his really, really dirty keyboard. Ugh. Oh it's my not that God. bad. Oh, it's pretty bad. Yeah, that's just that, a bad angle. It's a chip clip, and it is a bear or a cat. I think it's a cat. <laughs> it's, it's definitely it's not a, it's a cat. not a teddy. It's on no level is it a teddy bear. Oh, it's clearly a cat. It really looked like a bear. Well, since we were talking about bears, because it has. Yeah, to be fair, it's not a great cat. So I no, see how yeah. you got confused. Like it's got <laughs> sort of bear ears, but a cat yeah. face. <laughs> All right, Hank, it's time for the all-important news from Mars and AFC Wimbledon. Okay. We did a pretty good job answering some actual questions today. We got we it. did. That, Thank you to Catherine for the inspiration to yeah, actually answer we, questions. We need to do that more often. Uh-huh. We, need to, we need to answer more questions. So that was great. I feel like we made a lot of progress there. The news from AFC Wimbledon, Hank, is that I was at an AFC Wimbledon game this weekend with people from Nerdfighteria who had gotten a project for Awesome Perk wherein we were all going to see an AFC Wimbledon game together in March or April of 2020. And it finally happened. Almost everybody was able to go. It was really lovely. We had an awesome time. It was great. It was just great to be at Plow Lane with a packed house. It was sold out. It was rocking. Nice. AFC Wimbledon played Stockport County, which is apparently a large club, even though I'd never heard of them. Yeah. And uh, so they they sold out their little their little away end, and it was great. It was an awesome experience. And best of all, actually not best of all, because like the hang was the best part. But as an added bonus, AFC Wimbledon won the game. One nil. Hey. Oh, God, it was an ugly, ugly game. <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. I love watching Harry Pell make the lives of opposing players miserable. I love it. And he scored the goal. The best part of this entire experience, all these people from around the world flew to London to see an AFC Wimbledon game, Hank. We waited three years to be together. We go and we finally get to see this game. And then at halftime, it's nil-nil. We go inside. We're chatting about the game. Nick Zanev, our goalkeeper, had saved a penalty. Really good penalty oh, wow, save wow. on a bad penalty call. Classic example of how if you zoom all the way out, the ball doesn't lie. Like the, the, the great thing about ball-based games is that the <laughs> ball ultimately knows. And the penalty call was so bad that the ball was like, I can't go in the net. Not about, not after that. And so Nick okay. Zanev made a great save. Uh-huh. So we went inside, we like had a beer, we were chatting. And then Rosiana's like, hey, we should probably go back out for the second half. And I was kind of like telling a story or something. I was like, yeah, 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 let's go out, let's go out. And uh, they scored. Wimbledon scored uh, while we were not watching, while we were wow, uh, still, oh my God. still hanging out. Uh-huh. We, we were kind of like in the line to get back to our seats. Yeah. So none of us saw the only goal of the game. <laughs> God. But apparently it was what scored. It was scored by Harry Pell, and uh, we won one nil. <laughs> and like the moment that happened, I was like, "That's one hundred percent going to be the only goal of the game." There was no point, <laughs> even though Stockport County like kept sort of piling on the pressure. I was like, "There is no chance." <laughs> right. We we've seen the only goal of the game. <laughs> That's it. Makes sense. But Wimbledon are now up to tenth. Tenth. In the what? League Two table, only three points off of the playoffs. I don't know how. It's, there's so there's only what eight people in the playoffs. So the top three teams in League Two all go up to League One, uh-huh. and then four, five, six, seven make it to the playoffs. Okay. And we're in tenth. It's not impossible. We have lost no. several of our best players. Uh, that, in the January that transfer window, which is a bit of a problem, yeah. but hey, we won that game, so anything's yeah. possible. We'll see. Keep doing that. Uh, this week in Mars News, the Perseverance rover has made itself a little backup cache for its rock collections. 
It's oh. been collecting rock samples around Mars, stashing them in tubes that are stored on its body, and that will be sent back to Earth in a future mission, is the idea. But sometimes rovers don't last, so to prepare for the possibility that something could prevent Perseverance from following through on that plan, the uh, rover has stored some parts of its samples in an area called Three Forks, which, oh. since we're doing deep-cut literary jokes is where Armand Gamache is a vampire. In this case, <laughs> Definitely the rover don't get that one. <laughs> cannot deliver the future fetch. If the rover can't deliver the, the, the future fetch mission, we'll just go to Three Forks and pick up the samples from there. Wow, that's pretty cool. I love the idea of like the rover being like, yeah, I got to have like a, like a backup rock stash. Yeah. I mean, we all got like we all got one of those little kids always yeah. got a backup rock stash. Yeah, they've always they've always got like a, like a little bag of rock squirreled away somewhere in their rooms. <laughs> I didn't tell you the most important news from AFC Wimbledon this week, Hank, which is very sure. which is a big deal and very worrisome, which is that um, only two teams get relegated out of League Two and then they're not in the football league anymore. Like they're not technically a full time professional team anymore, I guess. And um one of those two teams right now is Gillingham or Gillingham. Oh, and my. it would be devastating to me personally if they got relegated because I love that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll make it. No, like if we don't play Gillingham and or Gillingham two times a year, it's going to be hard for me to even go on. I love that joke. So I'm really I'm rooting hard for Gillingham and or Gillingham to pull out of that bottom two, which speaks to how unworried I am about relegation at the moment. Like the fact that I'm rooting for teams at the bottom indicates that things are going pretty well. It's very exciting, John. I love being in the top half. Me too. Me to the bottom half of the top half, but the top half. Well, there's only one way to get to the top half of the top half, and that's through the bottom half of the top half. Right? Uh, that's what she said? This podcast is edited by you can, leave, you can email us at hankandjohn at gmail.com. We love your questions and we'll try to answer more of them because that was fun actually doing the podcast thing. Uh, we're off to record our patron only podcast this week in stuff. You can find out about that at patreon.com slash dear hankandjohn. This podcast is edited by Joseph Tunamedish. It's produced by Rosiana Hals Rojas. Our communications coordinator is Brooke Shotwell. Our editorial assistant is Debuki Trakravarti. The music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the great Gunnarola. And as they say in our hometown, don't, Don't forget, forget to be, to be awesome. awesome.